Hey, good morning, Victory. How you doing? All right, I understand that everybody's kind of full. You've had Thanksgiving. How many of you have already eaten on leftovers? Come on, let me hear you if you've already eaten on leftovers, all right? <clears throat> so here's what I need you to do. I need you to wake up a little bit because everybody's kind of a little tired. So everybody stretch a little bit. Move your arms. All right, come on, give me some sound. Everybody give me a woo! All right, all right, just wake you up just a little bit. Uh, again, you're coming out of a, what, a three-day coma that you've been in. And today is Vision Sunday, so we're going to talk about what God's done and what God's doing, and I'm excited about it. And so just wanting to give you guys some information. My name is Troy, and my wife, Darla, and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church. And uh, if you're visiting with us, we do want to say welcome, say thank you so much for choosing to hang out with us this morning. As Zenobia said, we want to encourage you to go to the Welcome Center after service and just let us know that you're here. You can fill out a connection card as well as receive a gift from us. Um, the past couple of weeks, if you are visiting with us, let me give you just kind of some, some uh, history on what's been happening the past couple of weeks. We have been teaching on a finance series. Did y'all enjoy that series? Come on, let me hear if you enjoyed that series. Uh, about six of you did, so that's good. I'm glad that y'all came. Uh, we always try to make a little bit of a special twist on it, but I did feel like it was, it was received well last Sunday, kind of bringing that to a close. We had people baptized in water at the end of service. Wasn't that amazing? Did y'all enjoy that? Uh, and just, again, just a great atmosphere. And we, are, we have brought that to a close. And again, it's kind of coming to, to a close here today with the vision service. But we've been talking about purpose prevails and God's guarantee. So I want to give you a little bit of information on that before we get into the word today. Uh, th throughout different chairs, you would have seen a card like this. And let me explain. Purpose prevails ever since we've launched Victory Church. So we launched in January 2018. So we'll be turning five in January of next year. But we've been doing an end-of-the-year offering, and every year we take up that offering, and that offering kind of opens the door of some of the things that we can do next year above and beyond what we've budgeted and planned for. And so every year we challenge you, and here's what we say. We say, if you are tithing currently to Victory Church, we challenge you to pray about an end-of-the-year offering. And I always like to say this because I think it's important. Uh, if you pray about it and God says, don't give anything, then don't give anything. It's not, we're not here to pressure you to do it. it. It literally, we want it to be a moment where God has allowed you to look back on the past year and seen all of the impact that he's had in your life. And then out of, out of a praise report to that, you pray and say, God, I want to do an end of the year offering to that. And so every year uh, we've seen it grow and be better and better. I got a testimony I'll share sometime throughout December about what God did last year with our Purpose Prevails offering. We've already got people who are giving towards Purpose Prevails already, and it doesn't even officially start till today. But there's a part in the card where you can just kind of make that mark and say, I'm doing that. There's not a place for an amount. We're not concerned with amount. It's just an opportunity for you to step out in faith. And I'll share, I'll share a testimony today, and I'll continue to share testimonies from people who've given that. But something that we started last year that we want to continue is God's guarantee. And so the, most, the, the, the majority of this card is for God's guarantee because purpose prevails is really between you and God and what you're wanting to do. But God's guarantee is for those people that have wanted to step out in faith and tithe but have just found themselves in a position of fear and worry. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago with that attitude of I want to give, but I just don't see the margin to give. So I want to do it. And the Bible says, God says to test me comes to our finances. And so we kind of do a challenge like this. If, if you're really wanting to give at the end of the year, but you don't tithe, we encourage you to start tithing. And you can do that. One of the ways you can do that is through God's guarantee. I was meeting with some people throughout the week, and one of them said, I started tithing this past week for the first time in 10 years. Is that not incredible? God doing something in their life. 
But here's what God's guarantee is. God's guarantee is a way for us to say this. Hey, if you will trust God for the next 90 days, so December, January, February, and you will begin to tithe, and we'll record that with you, make sure you'll be able to see that. If God does not uh, provide for you over those 90 days, I don't mean that he doesn't double your salary or bless you with a new car, but if God doesn't provide for you through those 90 days, and at the end of those 90 days, we'll give you all of that money back because in my mind, what you've done is you've tested God, and if you need that money back, God did not, did not show up faithful in your test. And I'm excited to say that since we've been doing this, and every person that participated, we've never given money back. Um, our, our, our board, our parent church, LifePoint in Clarksville, they've been doing this for multiple years. And Pastor Mike will tell you, he's never given money back. And I just think it goes to show the faithfulness of God. And when I was growing up in church and finances and the concept finances and faith was introduced to me, it was never brought before me this concept of an opportunity to test God. And scripture literally says it. And a lot of this is birthed by the idea that God wants to bless us financially. And listen to me, I don't mean in a prosperity in a prosperity type way, although he will. I just mean God wants to come in and help us protect our finances, provide so that we can live in a way where we're not constantly worried about our money. And if God is, is good enough for us to give our life to him, then shouldn't we give our finances to him too? Amen. 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 And so I want to encourage you, if you're in this room, A, to either participate in Purpose Prevails or participate in God's guarantee. And you can do that. Again, God's guarantee is really where this card is. And so we're going to talk about this and kind of receive these cards over the next couple of weeks. And so we got one on a chair beside you. If you want to grab it, you can fill that out today or you can take it home and fill it out and bring it back just so we can agree with you. Again, with God's guarantee, it's just an, a, a way for us to be able to keep up. It lets us know that, hey, you want us to keep up with your giving so that we can see God's faithfulness in it. Other than that, we don't normally track everybody's giving up you know, that detailed, but it's you letting us know you want to do that, and so therefore we partner with you. Amen? Yes. All right, that's a lot of information to get out. Um, if you got your Bibles, turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. 2 Kings chapter 4. I do, as you're turning, I want to apologize. It was brought to my attention that last week I kept saying that our finance class was on December 30th, and it's not. It's November 30th, this Wednesday, uh, and I was here. Christine taught it, and I was here in the lobby, and people were filing out of the class after it was over, talking about what a blessing it was and how great it was for them. And so if you're registered, we're excited to see you. If you haven't registered, the doors will be open. Come on, be there. Uh, uh, as Zenobia said, it's a perfect time of the year for you to be thinking wise about your finances and getting ready for 2023. Second Kings chapter 4, last week I was in these verses, but I was in the first seven verses where we talked about a woman who was poor and how she needed help financially and God came in with his provision. We're going to start reading in verse 8 today, I believe it's verse 8, where it's actually going to shift to a different woman. And this woman, according to scripture, is well off. She's, she's wealthy and as I was praying through this, I thought it was interesting that what this shows us is that God is faithful to be God, whether we're poor or whether we're rich, right? It doesn't matter who we are or what situation we're in, God is still God. God, it doesn't matter what your tax bracket is, it doesn't matter what your race is, it doesn't matter who your parents are, it doesn't matter what part of the country you live in, God is still God, Amen. He's faithful whether you're the woman who has nothing. He's faithful whether you're the woman who has a lot. And I think that's not the sermon, but it's important for us to notice today that the Bible does mean it when it says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And whether you had a great Thanksgiving and you had a lot to be thankful for, or whether you didn't, God is still God. Whether you are in the middle of struggling with something, or you're in one of those rare moments of life where you feel like everything's going okay and you're kind of looking over your shoulder wondering what's going to happen, God is still God. And I'm going to call us to do something pretty heavy spiritually today at the end of this message. And I need to plant a seed right now that God is still God. Whether he's operating by your plans or not, God is still God. Whether he's doing it the way you think he should do it or not, God is still God. And I'm learning that faith is a lot more fun to look at in reverse because we look back and see where God was faithful, whether he did it the way we thought he was going to do it or not. 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 8, I'm going to read to verses 14, and we'll get into the message today. Read with me. It says, one day Elijah went to Shunem, and a well-to-do woman was there. Well-to-do was not only financially, but she was also theologically educated. And it said, she urged him, Elijah, the prophet, to stay for a meal. And so he was passing through, and the woman said, would you stay and eat. So whenever he came by, he stopped there to eat. This is important to see. It's now become a routine. The prophet of God, the man of God, the voice of God came through the town. The woman said, you should stay here to eat. And they had such a great time of fellowship. She said, now every time you come through, come by my house and eat. So this has happened. It's become a routine. And she says to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. So because of that, let's make a small room for him on our roof. Let's build this room that's just for him, and in it, let's put a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Then whenever he comes through, he can not only eat with us, but he can stay with us. And one day when Elijah came, he went up to his room, he sees his room, he realizes what they've done for him, and he lays down in his bed. And then all of a sudden he has this thought, which we'll dive into more in a little bit later, but he jumps up and he says to his servant Jehazi, call the Shunammite. The Shunammite was the woman, she was from Shunam, so she's a Shunammite. So he calls her and she comes and she stands before the prophet Elijah. This woman standing there and Elijah says then to Jehazi, not to her, to Jehazi, tell her that she's gone through all of this trouble for us, now what can be done for you. You've gone through all this trouble for me. What can we then do for you? Watch this. He says, can we speak on behalf, on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replies, I have a home among my own people. That's her way of saying, I'm blessed. I don't need anything. I'm blessed. And then Elijah looks back to Jehazi and he says, what can be done for her. Now we're going to stop there. We're going to finish this reading at the end of the message to bring home my point. But I just wanted to set that up for you. And I want to talk to you this morning from this idea. Making room for God. And it's our 2023 year vision. When I sat down to title the message, I actually kept going back and forth. Because part of me wanted to call it making room for God. And part of it wanted to name it making more room for God. Because I believe I'm a part of a church and a part of an individual group of people that have already been making room for God. And as we think about this year and as we think about what's to come, it's not so much that we are now making room for God, but we're making more room for God. 
Let me share a little story with you. Some of you might have heard me share it before, but uh, it's been a while. Last year, Darla and I got the privilege. We were invited to an area out in Colorado City. And in that area, what had happened is there was an area where a cult had started, Warren Jeffs. Warren Jeffs, uh, y'all may be familiar with him. He had this ridiculously large cult happening out in that area and um, doing all kinds of terrible, terrible things, but, but he was running this whole area like a cult. We would later find out that, that he would, everybody would work, and then they would give him their money, and then he would operate their money. This is a whole community. He would decide what they could do and when they could do it, and if they went out of line, they would be punished, and he would take away things like basketball goals and, and playground equipment just so they would be miserable. It was a, it was a pretty crazy experience, but he went on to get arrested, caught, and then sentenced to life in prison. Uh, When he was sentenced to life in prison, one of the things he had was a massive complex that housed his wives. He had over 50 wives, and and he would house every one of them in a different room. And so what ended up happening is when he got arrested and sentenced to life in prison, they started giving out all of his uh, resources and things to his wives, his different wives. And one wife in in particular was gifted the, the, the compound, the home. Later on, she would attend a church in Phoenix that has a ministry called the Dream Center. She would get radically saved at this church. She would be impacted by the Dream Center that they had in Phoenix. They also have one in Los Angeles. And she would later then, once she was rewarded that complex, she would come back to the pastors of Phoenix First in, in uh, Phoenix First Assembly in Phoenix. And she said to them, the Dream Center has been such an impact in my life. She said, I would like to give you this complex, if you just promise me you will turn it into a dream center for the people of that area. Well, sure enough, those pastors did that. They took it. And so when Darla and I travel to Colorado City, what we're doing is we're actually visiting this complex that's now been taken and turned into a dream center. And so first of all, we tour the church that they were using. We tour the neighborhood. We go to an area where they have um, created a food pantry for the community because over 80% of the people, because of what he had done to their finances, could not afford food to eat. And so their food pantry was providing groceries for over 80% of the area. This is how impactful this was. We get to the complex and we start to tour the complex and there were rooms where there was one room in particular, just to give you the weight of this, where they had a, a bed attached to the wall that they would pull down where he would perform sexual acts on the women of the community. Uh, there was one room we went to and it was behind a hidden wall. And when you walked in, it was all of the wires where he had tapped the whole complex, their phones and internet. And what he would do is he would listen into their conversation and he would hear things that they said and then he would go back and tell it to them as if God had told him, convincing these women and these men that he was hearing from God. And they were so convinced he was hearing from God because how else would he know that information? And he would use that. And so we're touring this complex, and as we're touring it, we're walking into rooms where now families are staying with their kids, and they're being taught the gospel, and they're being taught grace because they were raised up in a religion that was all law-based, and it was all about their performance. And now they're in a complex where they're being taught the grace of Jesus Christ. And Darla and I are being so moved by it. We're hearing testimonies from workers and from people who are staying in the area. And then that night, it's all brought to a conclusion as we go to an outreach where they invite the entire community and there's live music and there's hot dogs and chips and inflatables for kids and they get up and share a short message about the grace of Jesus Christ and people had the opportunity 
to receive Christ as their Savior. Darla and I are put on a bus. We're then bused three and a half hours back to Las Vegas where we flew into, and we have that entire ride, and then we have the entire flight home. We're going to return to our, I think that was on a Friday night or a Saturday. We're returning to church on that Sunday. And our hearts are so torn because it's such an incredible ministry, and all we want to do is we just know victory needs to partner with them. I understand that they're on another part of the, the United States, but we just knew we wanted to be a part. Our church here in Antioch, Tennessee, wanted to be a part of what God was doing there. But here's where the issue was. We had just started negotiating the contract for this building. We had been in a school for over four years where the rent payment was very affordable, and we had just signed the contract to move into this building, and the payment was going to go up significantly. So we were adding a significant amount of finances to now our budget, and here we were wanting to give faithfully to this ministry, but it just didn't make a lot of sense. And I just remember praying, and Darla's praying, and we just know we're supposed to do it, but we're trying to figure out how do you do it where it makes sense, and sometimes trusting God with your finances doesn't make sense, hence the name of that series. And uh, we finally arrived at this place where we just committed to do it, and we sat down and we made out a $3,000 check from Victory Church, and we sent it to the Dream Center in Colorado City. I remember thinking, I wonder how crazy Tim thinks I am, that not only would we be bringing a huge financial, financial uh, uh, upheaval with this rent, but, but now we're going to just give $3,000 to a ministry that is on another part of the United States. But we just believed that's what God had called us to do, and we did it in faith. And I'll be honest with you, we, we kind of forgot about it at that point. I didn't God is normally so faithful that it's not something you really see. But a few months later, uh, my pastor from Oklahoma, Pastor Ron Woods, came in town. I don't know if y'all remember this, the Sunday after Easter, to commission our church building. And when he came, he brought a check for victory of $30,000. I tell you that story so you can wrap your mind around the vision of God. That in that moment, Darla and I's knees were knocking so loud we almost answered them. Dad joke. <laughs> Because we wanted to step out in faith and give to something that we knew God was doing something good in. And so we did it. And then God outgave us. I don't know if you do the math, but 30,000 is, is 10 times 3,000. We gave 3,000, we got 30,000. Now listen, we've already spent that money. So don't be thinking like, oh, we got $30,000 in the bank. No, we've already spent that money. But I just wanted you to understand the faithfulness of God. I need to sow this seed in you now. Because what I'm about to show you in Scripture has the potential to set you in motion for something great. But you've got to get the character of God. That God would bring us and invite us out to see what he was doing there, right? So he could use us to provide. Because once that ministry raised a certain amount of money, they had a donor who would match it if they raised that certain amount of money. So God called us from Antioch, Tennessee to go out to see what was happening in Colorado City so we could sow into that ministry. Also, he could send somebody from Oklahoma to Antioch, Tennessee so he could sow into this ministry. This is the work of God. Got to be careful. This is still the opening of the sermon, right? Can't start sweating yet. Here's what I want you to see. That vision, vision often begins with the inability to accept things the way that they are. In other words, vision is birthed out of the tension between what is and what could be. In the middle of what is, what currently is happening, and on the other side, what could happen, in the middle of it lies vision. 
For example, the telephone, the automobile, the light bulb, Netflix, Amazon, all of these things were visions that lied in between what currently was and what somebody saw could be. And in the middle of that was vision. But here's the secret to vision. For vision to become reality, it demands movement. For something to go out of the idea of just an idea and into reality, it has to begin to move. It requires, watch this, an individual who has the courage to act on an idea. For vision to become reality, all it needs is one person. All it needs is an individual who's willing to act on the idea. When I read 2 Kings chapter 4, here's what I kept thinking. Anybody could have built a house for God. Anybody could have said, you know what? This prophet that keeps coming through our town is a man of God. And he's doing great things for the kingdom of God. Maybe we should build an extension onto our house. I'll give you one better. Because maybe if, if you're like me, you start going, well, she's wealthy, so she could afford that. Other people couldn't. You ready? Anybody could have provided him a meal. Anybody could have opened their house and let him sit down at the table and eat dinner. Anybody could. But that's what causes vision to become reality, is when you have somebody, a person, who's willing to act on the idea. While so many people thought it was a good idea, this woman moved on it. And what went from a great idea, wouldn't it be a great idea if we had a room for the man of God so that when he came, not only was he able to eat, but he was able to stay? Isn't that a good idea? Yes, but let's act on it. She went and told her husband, start building. Get your tool belt, get on the roof, I'll make some dinner, and you get to building because we got an idea and we want to see it happen. Once God decides something needs to be done, it's never a matter of if, it's a matter of who. Every time that God decides he wants something to be done, please listen to me, it's never a matter of if. Well, it's never even a matter of can. Can God do it? If God does it, it's only a matter of who is God going to use. Who's going to allow the opportunity? Who's going to step out? Who's going to make room for God to use them to do it? The extraordinary presence and purpose of God will always manifest itself in the life of anyone that's willing to make room. When we make room for the presence of God, he fills it. When we make room for the purpose of God, he provides it. Anybody who's willing to make room, and you know I'm telling the truth, because anytime you've made room for him, he's been faithful to show up. And so why wouldn't we want to make more room? I need you to understand today that God has much more in mind for your life on this earth than simply surviving. So much more. If it was just about surviving, I believe he'd take us up right now. If it was just about us being saved, wouldn't he take us up when we got saved? There's more to it. There's impact behind it. Watch this. There's a higher calling to fulfillment and significance that God deeply desires. Watch this. For your job, for your finances, for your family. And for your impact on this world, he loves to do the extraordinary through the ordinary. As I was writing that, and I, that very first statement, that God deeply desires for, to do something significant in your job. 
And I just got to share this. Y'all know that I've been going to the gym and praying and doing that whole deal for six, seven years. That's the first time I ever met Daniel. Daniel's the gentleman that got baptized at the end of service last Sunday. And if you were here and you were paying attention and you saw that embrace between me and him, it was real. It wasn't staged. It's because of a journey that me and him have been walking on together. And our conversations happened at the Y, not in this church building. Why would I tell you that? Because if we're not careful, we think that God only wants to use us on Sunday, right now, right here. But I'm going to give you just kind of a, a, a news break real quick. This, this moment only lasts for about an hour and a half. Because if I went any longer, you'd leave. So if all of God wants to do is only in this hour and a half, aren't we missing out on something? This is just an opportunity for icing on the cake. This is an opportunity to empower us. This is an opportunity to use us. And I'm going to show you what God does to this church. But listen to me. He's got significant moments in your life every day. Every day. God puts you at that job for a reason. I know you hate it. You're there for a reason. And the second you witness to that person, it starts to move something where God might remove you, but first you've got to share the gospel. God's put you in this family for a reason. God's given you those finances for a reason. God's put you in that hobby for a reason. Listen, I got a friend who plays hockey way too much. But he'll tell you his goal is to share the gospel with those he plays hockey with. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, have fun, score a goal, get a little trophy. But what it's really about... It's an inside joke. But what it's really about is sharing the gospel. I was talking to him, and he said he's already talking to his hockey friends about putting together to be able to provide Christmas for some of the kids that we're teaming up with the YMCA to provide Christmas for. It ain't about hockey. Your job ain't about your job. Your neighborhood isn't about your neighborhood. Being in Antioch isn't just about being in Antioch. God's got us on a mission. And if we're focused on it and we're looking for it, it's significant moments. So before I get too ahead of myself, let me back up for a second. Because I need to show you something before we can talk about what God's going to do. I need to talk about what God's already done. So here's what I want to start off with. I want to talk to you about what God is building through you. Now, I do want to make a moment and just talk about our online family. I don't, I don't normally address directly, but I'm going to start that because it seems like every week I hear from somebody else who's watching online. We get connection cards and information from people whose family's watching. My dad was in town. He was telling me about a lot of our friends growing up, that his friends growing up that are watching. And so this is just as important for you as it is for everybody in this room. What God is building through us. Let's go back to 2 Kings chapter 4 for a second, verses 9 and 10. Watch this. She said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. So let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table and a chair and a lamp for him. Now, can I ask you a question? Do you think that God could have anybody build a house for him? Do you think that God himself could have provided a room for Elijah? In case you're not really sure. There was a time where the prophet was being fed by ravens, where God was literally sending ravens to bring food. So I think God could use a bird to build him a house, is what I'm telling you. This is who God is. But yet what we're reading in 2 Kings chapter 4 is he chose to use a woman. Just so we're clear, God could do what God wants to do in Antioch, in Smyrna, in Laverne, in Murfreesboro, in Nashville without us. 
but he's choosing to do it with us. That's important. So some people will pray for God to change things, right? Oh, God, I, just, I need you to change. Would you change our city? Would you change my workplace? Would you change their heart? Would you change them? While others pray for God to give them opportunities to do something that will change things. Did you catch that? Some people pray, God, change things. Some people will pray, God, use me to change those things. Dreamers dream about making a difference while visionaries look for the way to be the difference. Again, the difference between a dreamer and a visionary is the fact that they're stepping up to do something about it. God has a vision for Victory Church. I believe you believe that. That's why you're here. God has a vision for our communities. I just named them. Antioch, Smyrna, Laverne, Nashville, Murfreesboro. God has a vision for those communities. God has a vision for your life. But watch this. One of the greatest evidences. I don't even know if this is proper English. One of the greatest evidences of God's grace is the fact that he wants to partner with us to build something that makes a difference. Isn't that cool? That not only does the creator of the universe send his son to die for us so that we can go to heaven, but it doesn't stop there. That the grace of God would actually want to partner with us to do something great. So let me share just a, a couple things. Since we launched this church, we launched it in 2018, January 2018. In case you don't remember, something happened in 2020. It was called COVID or coronavirus, and we had to close the entire church down for a year. But since 2018, leading to now, watch this. We have seen over 300 salvations and over 60 people baptized in water. Come on, isn't that amazing? Like, this is mind-blowing to me to think that me and a few of my friends could move down here, start a church, and within five years, over 300 people have given their life to Jesus. People who we would have never known. I tell Darla this all the time. I'll be hanging out. i got a group of buddies I play pickleball with. I didn't know any of them before I moved here. Now, that's important to understand that God would move us here for a reason, for a purpose. Over 300 people saved, over 60 people baptized in water. I told Erica, I want to find a way to put pictures of everybody who's been baptized on a wall so that we can walk by and just see what God is doing through Victory Church. Listen to this. Over $125,000 given to outreach organizations. Come on. Over over $125,000 I've never even seen $125,000. You know what I mean? Just kidding. But like, Tim, I see you. Like, did you think that would happen? Like, did you think we would move here and be able to give that kind of money away? I'm not talking about money to sustain us in operation. I'm talking about give it away to other organizations to keep doing what they're doing. When we moved here, I told the town manager of Smyrna, I said, we're not here to start new things. We're here to partner with those who are already doing great things and help them. 125,000, and here's the best part. If you're a financial person, you ready? We are debt-free. In case you're wondering. We've been able to put plenty of money back in savings. We are so healthy financially. But I think we can do more. And when God puts us in a position where everybody's on board, we're going to be able to have even greater impact, more staff members, more impact in our community, more uh, excellence here. I told somebody the other day, I believe we're called to Antioch, but this is not our permanent building. 
We need a bigger building, right? We need land. We need our, our students to be able to go outside and play dodgeball. Like, we need more, and God's going to bring it. I thought this was cool. We've had multiple events, small groups. I was thinking just since we moved here, we've had so many women and men's events. We had men's, even though Zoe keeps bashing us, and we only had a couple. Uh, we, we, we went to a baseball game together as men. Y'all remember that? Ooh, men, all right? Yeah. Y'all better be at that. I'll be there at that men's breakfast. You better be there. The women have had events. We've seen, I was looking through pictures on Facebook, women's brunch, as Zoe mentioned it, the candle making, the, the time at Arrington Vineyards. There's just so many things that we've done as a community, as a church. We had small groups. We had a phenomenal, probably the best small group semester we've ever had this past semester. We'll get ready to launch our next one coming up. God has been doing great things to the community of this church. Watch this. We've given over thousands to Empowerment Incorporated that has brought development for youth in the local schools, in the Antioch schools, been able to go in and tutor them and prep them for ACTs and for college uh, prep and college applications, over thousands to that organization to be able to do that. We've given over thousands to Scott Horde, who, who runs a ministry to be able to stop abortion. Watch this. Up to this point, has saved over 400 babies. Come on. Here's one of the reasons why we support him is because when he goes to a family and, and they say, you know, well, we won't, we won't get the abortion, but we don't want the baby. He adopts the baby. On top of that, if the mama says that she wants to keep the baby, they throw uh, baby showers for her. I've seen him provide people with cars, be able to provide them with all of their baby, you know, stuff that they need. It's insane. It's not just a you don't need to do this. It's a, hey, we're here with you regardless. Yeah. That's what it is. And that's why we support it. We've given over thousands to Katie Carter. And uh, the Bartholos, the Bartholos are in Southern Asia. Katie Carter's in Costa Rica. Shout out Katie Carter, my girl. She listens every week. And listen, she's been doing phenomenal things in there. We talked about her ministry in Costa Rica is to take these young ladies out of a system that's going to put them into sex trafficking and to start getting them apart and teaching them the love of Jesus. And she showed, and I shared this with you, that they're trying to build a youth center right now. I'm going to talk about this in a minute. I think we're going to try to pay for all of it. That's what I believe. Y'all are like, oh, hold on. No, you hold on. I'm just believing God's going to do it, all right? Thousands to Katie Carter, thousands to food banks, to Nourish Food Bank, and to Second Harvest Food Bank. For our community, there's a Nourish in Smyrna, there's a Nourish in, food, uh, in, in Murfreesboro, there's the branch ministry here in Antioch that we're starting to partner with. And we're feeding money in that system to be able to provide people in our community with groceries. This is pretty cool. Since we launched the church, we've partnered with the YMCA and Rock Springs Middle School, and we've provided Christmas for over 30 families. Think about that. Over 30 families. I like to tell this story. I think it's the right time to tell this story. I was talking to Hodge. Hodge, who attends the church, the executive director of the Y. Uh, last year was his first year, and he came to me, and he had a heart for providing Christmas for families of the, of the domestic abuse center in Murfreesboro, the one that we partner with. And he said, man, I got a heart for this. He said, but I'm new to this system. I don't really know how the Y is going to respond. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, I really want to provide Christmas for six families. He said, I'm just not sure we're going to be able to do it. And I said, six families, okay. And so because of the faithful givers of this church, I looked him in the eye and I said, I tell you what, Victory Church will provide for 10. We'll provide 10, which is already four more than your vision. And then you go out and believe. And if it doesn't happen, then it doesn't happen. But if it does happen, now we know. And by partnering with the Y, the Y stepped up and we gave Christmas to 20 families on the last year. 20 families. So I've already shared this with you. I'm going to share it again. Me and him, we looked at each other this year. We're buddies. 
We looked at each other in the face. We said, we're doing 40 this year. We're doing 40. We talked to the domestic abuse center. If we provide Christmas for 40, it's every family in the center. Wouldn't you like to know when you're sitting down at Christmas with your family and snotty those kids are opening up more presents than they need, <laughs> that there are 40 families who weren't going to have Christmas, but now they have a great Christmas? So I think because of purpose prevails and because of our faith, I think I'm going to bring Hodge up here in a couple of weeks and we're going to hand him a check to guarantee that happens. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying in advance. I believe it. The 4th of July event that we're a part of every year. There's a few things that we do every year and we don't charge anything. Every year we go, it's a, it's a, it's a 4th of July event in Smyrna. We set up and we give away stuff. But this is so cool. A couple years ago we had this idea and we started doing it where we would provide a dunk tank. We provide the dunk tank, our cost. We asked the mayor to get in it, the town manager to get in it. I get in it. Hodge got in it last year. And we take a dollar for a ball or whatever it is, and they throw the knock us in, and then we gave 100% of that to Nourish Food Bank. I need you to understand what kind of church you're a part of. The kind of church that would show up and say, first of all, we'll pay for the dunk tank. You don't pay for it. No cost out of your pocket. We'll pay for it. We'll take 100% loss because we get nothing out of it. Then I'll get my butt in the dunk tank and let you put me in the dunk tank. Then after it's over, 100% of the money we make, we won't take out the amount of money we paid for the dunk tank. 100% of the money we'll give to the food bank because God has blessed us and our people believe in the principle of giving and we're going to give more than we should be able to. Last year, we did our very first Antioch school event where we set up by the library over here by the old mall and we were able to give out school supplies to everybody in Antioch that came to the event. And I can't tell you, we had kids come up to our table and they'd be like, this is, this is free? Yeah, it's free, take it. Because of your faithfulness. Every year we've, we've given appreciation lunches to the teachers of Rock Springs Middle School. Every year I get the opportunity, I'm invited by our principal to come in, by their principal to come in and share a little bit about the Lord and be able to provide them lunch and love on them. And then we turn around and bless the in-house teachers of our church. Listen, listen, this doesn't even include our ministries with Isaiah 117, our ministry with Convoy of Hope, our ministry with Men of Valor. There, there's so many things that we have done as a church. So in, in case, well, not in case, whether you have been with us since 2018 or whether you're new to our church family, I want you to understand what God is building through you, through your faithfulness to serve. Most of those events don't happen if you don't show up. Zoe just talked about the gift wrapping. It's great to provide Christmas presents for the kids, but let's wrap them too. You know what I mean? So it's not just our finances. It's us showing up with our time and our service. And because you've been faithful to do it, this is what God has done. Hundreds of people saved. Hundreds of thousands of dollars given away. Lives impacted. Serving our community. Do you know how good it is to be able to show up to the people that run your community and say, hey, let me know what you need. Whatever you need. A few weeks ago, we had a, a, it was called a CNAP meeting. It's all of the organizations in the Nashville, Antioch area. They met in our church. And they cast vision in our church. And me and Erica stood at that door and said, whatever you need, let us know. We're here to help. I don't know. I've ever shared this story. During 2020, in Smyrna, they do a, a Christmas parade where they take up canned goods. And then they give those canned goods to Nourish Food Bank. And that's their big deal for the year. And so everybody who gets in the Christmas parade provides those canned goods. But guess what? In 2020, they didn't have a Christmas parade. So the town manager called me on my phone and said, can you help us? I said, what's going on? He said, we're not going to be able to get any canned goods to Nourish Food Bank because we can't have a, a, a parade. I said, well, how many cans do you need? He told me how many cans you need. I said, how much money is that? 
He said, that's $1,500. I said, I'll have your check this week. And I didn't even talk about that. That's not even Antioch. That's Smyrna. But that's what we're doing as a church. You've got to believe that. You've got to see it. You've got to understand that while great ministry is happening in these four walls, even greater things are happening outside of them because of your faithfulness and your heart to give. We've helped people over the past five years grow in their relationship with God, 300 salvations, over 60 baptized. We've helped guide people in freedom in Jesus, small groups, men's events. We've created a place for people to give out of their resource and out of their talents. This week, we will host a Christmas party in here, for, and over 90 people will be in here, and they will be representing our dream teams. Come on. Give God praise for that. Over 90 people have found a place to serve God in this church. And here's the crazy thing. We need more. So if you're in a seat right now and you go, well, I didn't get an invite to that Christmas party, it's because you're not on a dream team. So guess what? Fix that. Grow Track happens the first two Sundays in December. Get on a team and be a part of what God's doing here. Last but not least, together we, we have gone out and we have made a difference. We are going and making a difference. That's the four G's of our church. We built this church on those four G's, that we would grow, guide, give, and go. And I'm so excited to stand before you this morning and tell you we're doing it. We're doing it. And I know God's got big and bigger plans for us, but I'm just happy to be able to say we survived 2020. God's put us in a building. We're making impact in our community. Our name is known, but better yet, God's name is known, right? We've experienced moments, church, that can only be explained by the existence of of a God who is infinitely great and full of grace. When I sit down and start writing this stuff, sometimes I shock myself on what God's done. That's why I preach his grace every Sunday from this stage, because I'm literally a walking example of it. I'm standing in an example of it, of God's faithfulness. And if I had one mission today, it's to stretch your thinking and for you to wrap your mind around the faithfulness and the loving character of God. But here's what I love. He's not done. Let's talk real quick about what we're going to do over the next six months. I want to share a little bit about what we're going to do. In a couple of months, I'll come back and share the rest of 2023, but I want to give you some heads up to stuff that's happening so that you can be excited about it. First, let's go through the rest of this month. Uh, we will begin Christmas at Victory, a series that will start next Sunday. The place will be decorated for Christmas. You know, it'll have that vibe. I'll preach uh, from some of the classic Christmas stories in ways that maybe you've never really thought about. And then at, at the end of the year, on Christmas Eve, the 24th, we are going to have two Christmas Eve services right here. All kids, everybody will be in this room for both services. It's going to be an incredible time. It's a great time for you to invite people that you've been trying to invite to victory. Get them in this place. It's going to be a beautiful deal. we got a great testimony on video. We'll have a candlelight service. It's going to be a beautiful, beautiful evening together. That Sunday, December 25th, we will not meet as a church. We will not meet on that Sunday. We will have met together Saturday night. Then the next Sunday on the 1st, we won't meet either because that will be New Year's Day. We'll come back together January 8th, I think it might be, that second Sunday in January. And we will begin that with 21 days of prayer and fasting. We will start off the year as a church together. I challenge you to fast something. I'll be challenging you to pray. We'll have layouts of what we're praying for, what we're believing for. We'll go 21 days of prayer and fasting. And then we'll bring that to a close on the 29th of January with our fifth birthday party. Come on. Can we get excited about it? Be five years old in the building. 
We've never celebrated a birthday party in our own building, so I'm going to let you know right now. It's going to get lit, all right? It's going to get crazy in here, so just be prepared for that. So that will be January. We'll do 21 days of fasting, and then we'll end it with a huge celebration on our birthday in February. Watch this. There's so many things happening. First of all, uh, we're going we're gonna to get together with the YMCA, and we are going to feed the families in that domestic abuse center around the holiday of Valentine's Day. They let us know that the hardest times in that center are, are holidays. So around that holiday, we're going to gather together. We're going to make food, serve food to the families in that center. It's going to be amazing. We're also going to launch our new semester of small groups. We're also going to launch a brand new one-on-one -on -one discipleship ministry that uh, some, some people in our church are shaping together now that I'm super excited about. And then watch this for the very first time at the end of February, Victory Church is going to put on its very first marriage conference. Come on. Come on. It's going to be a one-day event. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be so much fun. You want to be a part of it. So again, so January, it's fasting and praying. It's a birthday party. We come together. We launch small groups. We launch discipleship ministry. We serve the Domestic Abuse Center. We come together for a huge marriage conference to pour into our couples and our, our, our soon-to-be couples. It's going to be an incredible couple of months. And then we come into March and April. March is Literacy Month, and so we're already working on some ways with the school in this area to partner to be able to help with literacy. It's the number one uh, difficult struggle that the schools have in this area. So we want to come together. We want to help read books. We want to provide books. We want to do whatever we can to serve the schools in this area. Then we will have an egg hunt in the park that is open to our community in Mill Ridge Park. It's a park that's opening up this winter off of exit 62. The guy who's overseeing it was in that CNAP meeting at our church. We talked to him after service, me and Erica, and he said, let me know when y'all want to do it. I'll reserve the place for you. It's going to be amazing. It sets right off 62 in between Antioch and Smyrna. And we went from Smyrna to Antioch. This sits right in the middle of our communities. We'll have an egg hunt outreach community to everybody, and we'll be able to do it free of cost because of your faithfulness. And then Easter service will come that entire month March and April, we'll be encouraging you to invite people to Easter. We'll come in for a great Easter service. Last year, we had two packed out services. Listen to me. I'm believing that next year, we're going to need three services for Easter. Come on. We need three services. Some of y'all leaning over right now going, this dude has officially lost it. Like, I'm just telling you, watch, watch, watch. God's going to do it. Now let's look at May. May, of course, will be Mother's Day. Miss Darla will preach. It's going to be an incredible message. And then here's something I'm really, really excited about. We're teaming up with the Y again. We're going back to the Domestic Abuse Center, and we're having a serve day, and we're going to renovate their building. Hodge visited. He said it was sad. It, 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 there was no paint on the walls. It, was, it almost looked like a prison. We're going to go in. We're going to paint it. We're going to renovate it. We're going to make it look nice. My dad was in town for Thanksgiving. I talked to him. I said, I need you back in town. He's a, he's a painter. That's what he does for a living. I said, I need you back in town for this. He said, I'll be here. It's going to be incredible to be able to serve them. We'll bring Scott Hoard back in here. He'll give us an update on what's happening through that ministry. We go into June for Father's Day. It's going to be a great Father's Day. We always love on our men during that time. We will take our church picnic back to Mill Ridge Park. So we've had an egg hunt, and then we'll bust open with our church picnic where we have a great time cooking out. It's a great outreach. We'll have an update from Men of Valor Ministry, and then we'll launch our midweek class. You know, small groups will have come down to an end, and I'll be teaching a midweek class during the summer. Uh, I'm going to teach us in, in this time of the year frame, I want you to know I'm going to teach us through the book of Nehemiah and through the book of Genesis. It's going to be some incredible, incredible knowledge, biblical knowledge. It's going to be powerful. In July, we'll return back to the 4th of July event, continue to serve there. We'll be back in the Antioch back-to-school event over here by the library. And then we're going to introduce a new partnership with a ministry called Rocket Town. Uh, it's just a phenomenal youth development program. Uh, great things are happening there, and we'll start sharing some of the impact there. In, in that six-month time frame, there's other things I want to do. I want to renovate some areas of our church. We're wanting to renovate our Dream Team care room. 
to make it more of a happen in place for our dream team that serve every week. We want to upgrade our online ministry. Again, every week I hear about people that are watching online. We want to make this a better experience for them. I think it'd be cool to be able to help Katie build that kids center in Costa Rica, right? I want to continue to meet the needs in our community. This is just the first six months of next year. Next year, we'll move our At The Movie series to October. We'll do it the month of October, and we'll end it with our Fall Fest Trunk or Treat at the YMCA. Y'all, next year is going to be big. I hope you're ready. I, I think God got us positioned. He got us hungry. He got us focused on the grace of Jesus, and now he's ready to open the doors. One of our dream team members, when she finished growth track, I went in to say hi to her, and when we got done talking, she said, Pastor, can I share with you a word I feel like the Lord gave me? I said, yeah, I'd love to hear it. She said, the Lord is telling you to get ready, to get ready for what God's bringing to Victory Church. And I'm telling you, get ready. Not only the community needs, but the lost people who are going to come and meet Jesus and be baptized. So, how do you help? There's five ways that you can move forward this vision. And here's what they are. Number one, I need you to pray. And don't just pray here at church. Pray at home. Write Victory Church on, on a magnet on your refrigerator or something. Pray about it every week. That God would bring who he wants to bring into this place to be saved, to be able to impact the community. Number two, we need you to attend. <laughs> be here. I love our online family. And for all those that, that are online because you can't be here in person, keep it up. But if you can be in here in person, be here. 2020 created this spirit in us where we kind of like come when we get a chance. But we're missing out on what the Lord's telling us and how the Lord's positioning us to make an impact. We've seen anywhere from four to six new people every Sunday for the past six weeks. You say, oh man, I didn't, I didn't meet any of them because you weren't here. <laughs> you got to be able to be here to meet the people, attend, be a part of what God's doing. Number three is this, serve. I talked about this. Get on a dream team. Our dream teams are amazing. Production, youth, worship, uh, V Kids, First Impressions, they're amazing. But can I tell you something? With what God's doing, the way he's growing the church, we need more. Serve. Number four is give. Just what I'm talking about. If you're a tither, pray about Purpose Prevails. If you're not a tither, pray about tithing. We gave $125,000 away. How much more can we give, right? The more that people give means the more we can give. And then last but not least, invite. It's so cool. I sit down and I talk to people. I wish I could kind of video you into some of our conversations with people that I'm having about what God's doing in and through them, through this church. And it's awesome to hear. And they'll say this to me when we get done talking. They'll say, I've been inviting all my friends. Hey, real quick. In case this has become normal to you, return back to a place where this isn't normal. Go back to a place where you're excited to invite people into the house. I'm walking out of the Y yesterday, and one of the young ladies that works there, she grabs me. She says, hey, Pastor, where's your church? Oh, I said, it's in Antioch. And we started talking. I said, oh, I got a card. Hold on, let me get it to you. And I handed her a card with our times on it. The other night, Darla and I went on a date. We were in Murfreesboro, and the waitress comes over, and she starts talking to us. We have a good time talking. And Darla says, give me the receipt. And she starts, you know, writing something really nice, message on the receipt. She goes, give me one of the invite cards. I'm going to invite her to church. I said, well, she probably lives in Murfreesboro. She said, I don't care. I said, great, now we got to tip her really well. <laughs> it's a joke, guys. Chill out. 
It's like, my gosh, he doesn't tip? I do. It's all about inviting, get people in the house, right? So the mission to you and the mission to you are those five things. Pray, tend, serve, give, invite. All right, I got to hurry up because I say the last part for last, or best part for last, sorry. As we're talking about this idea of us giving ourselves to God, I want you to understand something. Here's what you need to understand, that you cannot outgive God. Can I finish 2 Kings chapter 4 for you real quick? Watch this. Let's pick it back up. It says, one day when Elijah came, he went up to his room and he lay down there and he said to his servant Jehazi, call the Shunammite. So he called her and she stood before him. Elijah said to him, tell her, you've gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, I have a home among my people. I don't need anything. He looks back at Jehazi. What can be done for her? And watch what Jehazi says. Well, Elijah, I've noticed that she has no son and that her husband is old. Then Elijah says, call her. So Jehazi says, hey, come here. I think this is so interesting. It says she stood in the doorway. She didn't come into the room. And Elijah says to her, about this time next year, you will hold a son in your arms. Now watch this. She objects. No, my Lord. Why would she react that way? Because he had touched. He triggered something in her. Because it's what she wanted, but she didn't have the faith to ask for it. She wanted it, but she was so worried. But what if God doesn't? So when God said, what can I do for you? She just said, no, I'm good. I don't need anything. So the Spirit of God says, I'll tell you what she needs. She needs a son. So Elijah says, next time next year, you're going to have a son. And she says, no, my Lord, please watch this. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. Don't give me hope for something that won't happen. It says, but then the woman became pregnant, and the next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son just as Elijah had told her. Here's what I love about that story, is that this woman genuinely went out of her way to give to God. She wanted to give to God because she loved God and she loved the presence of God and the message of the gospel. And so she told her husband, we need to give to God. We need to build this room and make it for God. And then God turned around and gave her more than she gave him. Because this is the character of God. You can't outgive him. When we pursue a vision that God has birthed in our heart, there will be moments, watch this, when we find ourselves standing in awe of what he has done on our behalf. When we move towards the vision that God has given us, I, I know not everybody's in this room, but the families that moved here with me to help plant this church, if you'll look back on the past five years, it hadn't been easy, but if you look back, you'll be in awe of what God has done on your behalf. Anytime we give to God and we look back, we're in awe of what God's done. In those moments, our attention is going to be drawn away from the work of our hands to the faithfulness of God. I'll prove it to you. I was sent this testimony a couple weeks ago from a family in this church, good friends of mine, that tested God in this concept of purpose prevails. Watch this. I'm going to read it to you. It says, last year, when Pastor Troy taught 
about purpose prevails. He shared a story about a man who kept being obedient when God told him to give. He went from questioning God's prompting to trying to outgive God. I sat there and I thought to myself, I wonder what that would look like in our family. At that time, I worked a full-time job and I picked up occasional shifts at another hospital as needed for extra income. I heard God speak to me, what about your entire next check from your as-needed job? Isn't that like God to ask for something like that? Chill out, Jesus. It just so happened I'd actually picked up quite a bit. Here's what she's saying. It was a large check. You see, the week before God had dealt with us about regularly, the week before he had dealt with us about regularly tithing all of our income, tithing on all the income. And we had just tithed, I love this, the, 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 one of the highest tithing checks they had ever tithed. They had just tithed one of the highest that either one of them had ever tithed. So hearing God say that, I knew he was testing me to see if I would be obedient. I didn't say anything to my husband. It's my favorite part. But later when we had a chance to talk about it, I asked him what he thought we should give. And she said, I already knew the number that God told me, but I wanted to see if he was going to think I was crazy with the number I said. So I said the number to him. She puts in parentheses, which was actually lower than what I knew we were supposed to give. In other words, I'm prepping him for what I'm about to say. I love this. And he said, if that's what you think God wants us to give. But I was thinking double what we gave for our biggest tithe. She said, my mouth dropped open because double meant the exact number that God had told me. And it was my entire, come on, you can give God praise. We can give God praise. And it was my entire check. When I told him, he was like, wow, that's awesome. God put that on both of our hearts. What a, what a growth moment of faith, right? What a moment where you start to realize that you're maturing in the Lord. Oh, it's so good. After we wrote that check, I ended up getting two different raises that were not expected. Tell me God won't provide. At the end of the year, God laid it on our hearts for Nick. This is my favorite part, second favorite part, for Nick to leave his full-time job in the outside job market and start our woodworking business. I know God allowed us to go through trusting him with purpose prevails because he wanted us to show himself, he wanted to show himself faithful. It was a big jump leaving a full-time job with a guaranteed paycheck to start our business and work from home. But we made the jump, we trusted God, and God has blessed us every step of the way. We've been able to have a steady stream of business, and as soon as we think we're finishing up our last project on the billboard, more people reach out to look for another project. So we've been able to keep growing business and get our name out there without taking any income for the first year. God has supplied all of our needs this year, and I know if we wouldn't have taken that first leap of faith and sowed into purpose prevails, we would have probably not been so trusting to make the decision to open the woodworking gnome, and we could have missed out on the opportunity for Nick to be working in the calling that God placed on his life. Side note, if you want customary wood stuff, check out woodworking gnome. Why would I tell you that testimony now? Because you can't outgive God. And what they thought was just a testing of tithe and provision was God bringing something that was inside of them to life. When they gave that money, they weren't even asking for that. The woman didn't even ask for the baby. But because she stepped out and gave towards God, God birthed something inside of her, brought it out of her to show his faithfulness above just provision. 
Our visions are not only avenues that God will use to do something through us. They're also avenues where God will use to do something in us. So not only would God provide to be able to cover a, 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 a heart that ties and a heart that gives above tithing and an offering, but watch this, God would provide more. He'd provide more. Do me a favor, everybody stand on your feet. Van, go ahead and come up here. Look at me, look at me, look at me. It's the most important part. This is the part you need to listen to. Every time I read 2 Kings chapter 4 this week, I get emotional. Because here's a woman who's giving to God. But yet, as she's giving to God, God's giving back to her. It's a great picture of the heart and the character of God. This week, my wife is getting ready to do these hot cocoa bombs that she does. And Veda, my 12-year-old, she volunteered to help her. She did a lot to help her, a whole lot. So much that Darla said, I want to do something for her. I'm going to go buy her, I don't know what it was, Chick-fil-A or something. She did something really nice back to her. And when that happened, I thought, that's nice. You know, Veda does something nice. She gives of her time. And so because of her time, she gets this. It's kind of a give and get process. I thought, that's nice. The Lord checked me during worship this morning. He said, she didn't get because she gave. She said, it's always the character that was inside Darla. The character to want to bless her children is already there. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's already this desire in her heart to want to bless her children. Where does that desire come from? God. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. There's like this natural desire in you that wants to bless your children. And when your children do something for you, when they give something to you, all it does is heighten that desire. Because that's the character that God has put in you because it's the character of God. Do me a favor. When you sit down, there was something like this. Would you grab it for me real quick? Everybody in here grab one. I want to challenge you real quick. You've given of your resource to allow this church to operate and make an impact. You've given of your time to be able to operate and make an impact. If God wanted to do something for you, what would it be? What's that thing that's deep down inside of you that you've been wanting God to do, but you've been hesitant to ask him for? What's the thing that if you and I were to sit together and pray, this would be the thing you would pray for? Is it a job? Is it a healing? Is it a family member? Is it a child? Is it clarity? Is it an open door? Is it a spouse? What, what, what is it? 
in a minute, we're going to take just a second. We're going to write down on this card what that is. We're going to pray over it together as a church. And we're going to spend the 21 days of prayer and fasting praying over these things. Now listen, the temptation for you is going to be to not write down on this card. But I would encourage you when you read 2 Kings chapter 4, she was hesitant to say what it was. Don't be hesitant to say what it is. As a parent, there is nothing I desire more than to give my children what it is they actually want. So what a great opportunity for you to step out in faith like the woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. For you to write down. The Bible says for you to write it down. What it is that you would love for God to do in your life. So do me a favor. There's pins in front of you. If you don't need a pen, or if you need a pen, you can raise your hand. Please do. I want everybody to participate. If you don't have a pen, just raise your hand real quick. We'll get one to you. We got one down here, Miss Christina, right here. I'm going to pray real quick. I just want to set the atmosphere. The team's going to sing for just a moment while you write. And then I'm going to ask us to pray over them together. You can be seated. I know you probably need to write in your lap. But I want to set the tone and I want to set your mind. So if you'd allow me to pray, Father, I pray right now. For every person in this room. Their heart is to give to you, whether it's out of resource, whether it's out of time, talent. Because they love you. And I pray you would speak to them right now. Lay on their hearts. What that woman wanted in 2 Kings chapter 4, she already knew. She was just hesitant to ask. And there's somebody that's going to be in here this morning that's going to be hesitant to ask. I pray you'd call it out of them. That they would write it down and believe that you are a God of miracles. That you're a good, good father. That the character of God is to want to give to his children. So Father, right now I just pray. Just begin to move in this place.
Everybody done writing? Everybody participate? All right, stand with me for a second. I'd like to pray over you, pray over mine. And then I'm going to say amen, and this team's going to go back into worship. And what I would like to encourage you to do is there's three buckets down here. If you just come down here and put your card in this bucket. I would just love to pray over and agree with you. I'm not going to pray over these things loud, out loud today or anything. It's more for my personal prayer time, but I, I'll talk to you more about what we're going to do with them in the new year. But it's kind of a, a moment for us where we're going to believe together as a family that God's going to do these things. And then, like I said, I'll say amen, and this team will begin to worship, and then I'd invite you before you leave, just come down and drop these cards in the bucket. I'll be outside to love on you. Also, those Purpose Prevail cards, if you're filling one of those out, you can drop it off too. You can also take it home with you and pray about it and talk it through. You'll have multiple times to drop it off. But do me a favor real quick, if you don't mind. Jeb, if you'll come stand right here in the center, Gigi on the end, Veda Baby, if you'll go on the end where Brett is, will we just kind of reach across and hold hands? you remember the f- first time we did this was we were talking through unity with B. Haley. It was such a powerful moment. And as a family, we're believing together for the things that we just wrote down on those cards. So not only are we going to pray for yours, but we're going to pray for the hand you're holding for every person in this room. That God is faithful. That God is just. That God is good. And he gives good things to his children. We give our lives to him and we serve and we believe. At the end of the day, we look back and see how faithful he's been to provide. So, Father, right now, we come to you in this place. We lift up everything that was written down on these cards, every need. Father, I know more will come in from people who weren't here today, and we lift up those as well. Father, you know every person in this room, you know what they're dealing with, what they're asking for, what they're believing for. Some people have been waiting for this for years. Some people, you just dropped it on their heart right now. But we are family that's serving you and giving our lives to you. 
And you are a good, good father that gives good gifts to his children. And so we lift those things up to you right now. For mine, for my brother and my sister, every person in this room. Thank you, Father, that you are good. You are a father that gives good gifts. The same God that was in 2 Kings chapter 4 is in this place this morning. As a woman who wanted to give to you to make more room for your presence, you turned around and gave something inside of her that she wasn't ready to receive. As a group of people that we can say, we're here, Father, because we want to make more room for you, more room for people to be saved, more room for people to be baptized, more impact in our community. And Father, you know now our desires, hearts. You're faithful. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name.